Welcome to episode 145 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the thankful tithings edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. It's going to be uh, uh, not a whole lot going on because there was one main race this past weekend, but uh, we'll discuss some other series we haven't really gotten into uh, this year as much when during the meat of the season. And we'll definitely talk football since Josh is in the process of um, ending my fantasy season um, as Monday Night Football goes along since he has both of the Niners wide receivers uh, in a rainy Estudio Azteca or whatever the hell their stadium is called there in the Mexico game against the Arizona Cardinals um, as the Cardinals are driving, of course, because they always seem to do against the 49ers. Um, So this might devolve into me just yelling at the TV um, watching the 49ers play. So forgive me on this Thanksgiving week. Um, for you, for you all that listen to us, um, my name is Phil Matthew. I'm your host, uh, one half of the grip, one co-host of the Grip Strip podcast. As we were, I was, I was introduced yesterday on Grid Talk, uh, and somebody who made his Grid Talk debut yesterday, and we agreed to this while I was at the V. So I, I decided we need a new opening for Josh. So, so the same way that Pat McAfee goes and does his whole big intro for AJ Hawk. I figure we need the same for Josh. So he's a computer genius, an iRacing Indy 500 champion, a gentleman, and a scholar. His name is Josh Fine. What's going on, brother? Hey, I'm doing great. Yeah. What an introduction. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> but yeah, the made the Grid Talk debut yesterday, and uh, it was good good to be on there. Um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, it was a good, good discussion there. Uh, everybody liked it and everything and um you know glad to be on and talk about uh you know formula one for a bit uh and only formula one for a bit um and you know get it done relatively early but yeah uh uh, thankful time of course this week you know we got thanksgiving um and everything this week you know started the big holiday season here in america and everything like that so um yeah pretty thankful for everything this year and um you know uh, we still have one last race to talk about here for the 2022 Formula One season, um, you know, with Max Verstappen finally wrapping it up in Abu Dhabi. So, yeah, glad to be on. And, yeah, hopefully my fantasy team uh, comes out and gets the W. Um, it's only going to go one or two ways. You know, I'm either going to win by the law averages or, you know, I'm just going to be um, held they're basically just going to have me in in fantasy jail the whole the whole way, and and I get zero points on all my players or something that doesn't add up to the fifteen or so points I need to beat you. <laughs> yeah, that your ex, the you would need the Arizona Cardinals to lock down like they were the team that was in that Super Bowl that year, um, because it's fifteen points for Debo and Ayuk. Um, I mean, and, and granted, I don't like Jimmy, but um, oh, here we go. So Mooney Ward's hurt again. Lovely. Um, because their field is shitty. They've had issues with that field all every year they go there, and it's a grass field. It's not like it's a turf, all these stupid turf fields that they, uh, synthetic turf fields that they're on. Oh, man, lovely. Oh, you got to love it. Paid him all that money, and now he's hurt. Um, is, he, is it a cramp or he pulled his hamstring or something? Doesn't look great. He ain't happy. So um, we're going to get into the Abu, the, the NyQuil 500 yesterday at Abu Dhabi, uh, which saw Fish Lips win for the 15th time uh, this season. Oh, he landed awkwardly there trying to stop that. Um, Fish Lips won his 15th race. Charles Leclerc uh, takes second in the world championship. 
uh, Lewis Hamilton and Fred Alonso fell out of the race with issues. And then, uh, of course, uh, we talked about Sebastian Vettel yesterday. We talked about him last week. Talk about him again um, at the end of his uh, in his 299th and final start of his Formula One career. Um, we'll also catch up on some other news stories that have come out um, in prior to the test, the postseason test that they're going to have um, here tomorrow because we're doing this on Monday evening. We'll... Um, uh, have that for Tuesday morning there, and uh, who will be in it, what we should expect. I mean, it's all with these cars, so it's it's more about tire testing and getting people acclimated, some of the new drivers that are going to be in in 2023 um, in their respective teams. Uh, we will talk about NFL Week 11, uh, while it's going on, of course, and with fantasy, and we'll also... Um, I mean, I, I Jags were off last week, so Josh got to chill out. Yep, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, the Niners are playing right now, so I'm going to be anxious about that. Um, Broncos wave leading rusher Melvin Gordon after another fumble. Well, that's what he's been his whole entire career. He, fum- he fumbles the ball all the time. That's the reason why the Chargers got rid of him. And then Bob Solomon thinking about benching Zach Wilson. No shit, Sherlock. He's so arrogant. He's, he's, oh man. He's like Ty Gibbs is what he is, except he's got big dick energy or something, but he can't throw a football for his life or read a defense for that matter. They compared him, what is it, uh, um, Rich Eisen on his show today made a, a comparison or they said that the stats and the stats compare similarly through 20 starts. His, his completion percentage, touchdowns, and like, one other thing in yards per attempt compared to Jamarcus Russell. So if you want to be compared to one of the worst busts in the history of the NFL, then that's what Zach Wilson is right now. Uh, In the roundup, we'll talk about Formula 2. The guys that are going to have a super license next year, the guys who won, and um, much, much more. There's news with Formula 2 as well. We'll talk about Extreme E. Um, in their last race of this season and uh, get a little bit of world touring car action uh, since they're going to be racing in the uh, Saudi Arabian uh, shithole circuit. We will, um, Josh and I will talk about what we're thankful for in terms of racing this year. A lot of great racing action that took place across the whole year and all the different forms of racing we talk about. Also had some great guests. Um, of course, we're going to keep on going, talking every week, but, you know, racing season for all intents and purposes is over. Um, there's really a whole, I mean, next week is V8 Supercars, I think, and that's that's it. There really isn't anything until, um, yeah, there isn't anything until Dakar. So, yeah, the next thing is Dakar and then the, what do you call, the Chili Bowl and some of these other events that Kyle Larson may or may not compete in. Josh's sim segment, and we'll close the deal. So, yeah, let's start with Formula One. We're stopping one uh, with uh, with ease. Uh, qualified on pole, had it uh, pretty easy in that sense, and then um, was able to uh, go and dominate the race from the start. I mean, uh, he did get a little bit of resistance from Sergio Perez at the start, but it wasn't enough. Uh, Verstappen was able to just kind of maintain and I mean 
to be fair, Perez was in the was in his slipstream and running close to him early in the race. But in turn, that might have been what cost Sergio Perez a chance at um, second in the race and second in the world championship because his his uh, the person he was competing against in uh, Charles Leclerc went with an alternative strategy and uh, undercut and was able to go and make his strat and one one pit stop work versus uh, Sergio Perez, who ended up making two pit stops uh, in the race. And um, that was the difference there. Verstappen won by, by 8.7 seconds. Uh, Leclerc ended up being 1.3 seconds ahead of Sergio Perez at the end of the race. That was a podium. Carlos Sainz rounds out your top four. George Russell gets yet another top five to end the season. Uh, on the heels of uh, of his first career win um, at Brazil. And then uh, Lando Norris, Esteban Ocon, Lance Stroll, Daniel Ricciardo in his final race for McLaren. And Sebastian Vettel, as I mentioned, in his last race of his Formula 1 career, Yuki Tsunoda was the last car on lead lap just outside of the points. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Verstappen wins, I mean, but the real... Uh, focus was on the Leclerc Perez battle and how each team handled their particular drivers. Um, Red Bull's handling of Sergio Perez here in the last few races has become a little more questionable. I mean, it's been pretty clear the way they handle him and they've been doing things with development to kind of hold him back. And honestly, um, this shouldn't have ever been an issue, uh, uh, because of the mistakes Ferrari has made, Josh. Um, you know, they crashed out of races, they've given away races, they've given away points. Um, Perez has done solid. He's had some rough patches, of course, but, you know, he's been finishing races. It's not like generally he's been falling out. So it's like if you're not falling out of races and you're in that car, even if we know that they make it for, you know, dick lips, that he should be able to finish in the top five. And if with the points accumulation over 23 races, whatever the hell, that he should have been able to beat Charles Leclerc. Now, you can also make that argument that Charles Leclerc in a lot has qualified for more polls than anybody this season. Only won three races, probably gave away a lot of opportunities. But when he is focused and when he is on, he's probably been the second best driver and one of the only people that could actually make uh, Max Verstappen work. So there is the argument there. Where do you side in that on one in that end, but then in the fact that Charles Leclerc, after all of this, and Ferrari with all the mistakes they made this year, um, are now second in the drivers' championship with Charles Leclerc, best finish of his career, and also second in the constructors' championship for the first time in a few years as well. Yeah, I mean, I think well, first of all, for uh, Leclerc to only finish second or securing it in the last race of the year like that um, is actually kind of underwhelming considering, you know, the type of pace that they showed in preseason testing, um, how they were at the beginning of the season. You know, they were a lot closer to Red Bull at the beginning of the year. Um, and it looked like, you know, it was going to be a battle between him and Verstappen. And then, you know, Verstappen began to pull away and then Ferrari continued to fumble the bag uh, with their strategy and um, the execution of their strategies. So, um, to only get second now is kind of underwhelming instead of maybe locking it up, you know, a, a month ago or so, like, you know, for example, like when, uh, Verstappen won the championship or even furthermore, 
being a lot closer to, you know, Max Verstappen being a lot more competitive uh, in the championship, you know, maybe not as competitive as last year, but certainly not, uh, not locking it up as uh, far back as uh, Verstappen was able to. Uh, so, you know, the uh, frustration there that, you know, you saw throughout the season from uh, Ferrari on, you know, from uh, both their teams really with Carlos Sainz as well, um, you know, kind of underwhelming that they only finished, uh, you know, like this uh this year but for Perez uh you know they they had opportunities as well I mean obviously they they won you know arguably the biggest race of the year in Monaco uh you know and then um you know had opportunities uh you know of course a week ago in Mexico or in, in Brazil uh you know, had an opportunity to get another point that they might have needed um uh, for for this race and and then ultimately finished in third so uh, you know, there are multiple ways to to look at it. And, uh, you know, if they were able to get that one point that they needed from Max last week, uh, maybe that changes things and changes your approach and um, how you need to, uh, you know, approach the race and be able to uh, secure uh, second place in the standings. But, you know, last did not happen. And, uh, you know, Perez is now in uh, third place. And to finish the year, uh, you know, on the other hand, uh, maybe they adapted a different strategy or something because obviously I think they were, what they were looking for was to possibly take the lead away from Verstappen earlier in the race, uh, you know, early on to try to get out in front and build up a lead, I guess, before their first pit stop. Um, but then they were also on the two, uh, you know, the two stop strategy where as, uh, you know, Leclerc Verstappen, I think, you know, they're both on one stop, uh, strategy. And I think that's what caused, uh, you know, Perez to give up the, um, you know, fall behind early after, you know, kind of being close to Verstappen. Obviously, Verstappen's on hard tires and uh, Perez is on mediums. So, of course, he's going to have a little bit more grip, but he used up his car a little bit, you know, too early, I guess. Uh, and then, uh, you know, allowed Verstappen to drive away. And then that, you know, falls into the clutches of uh, Leclerc. So, yeah, there's multiple ways to look at the battle for uh, second in the points championship for uh, the drivers points championship for uh, Ferrari. But yeah, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of missed opportunities, um, you know, for Leclerc, you know, Perez as well. And, you know, even even for Carlos Sainz. And then, you know, he could even extend it further back even to uh, Mercedes. You know, you know uh, obviously the, the car stuff, you know, their issues with the chassis is notwithstanding, you know, just being able to execute in the races. And there was probably a couple of opportunities for Mercedes to win that they gave up uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, for Stappen, you know, he was able to kind of take advantage of all that and, you know, fall into, not not going to say he's going to luck into or fall into 15 wins because I don't think that's fair to say. But, you know, I think he definitely was able to, you know, uh, be be rewarded with all that with 15 wins for sure. So, uh, yeah, uh, for, you know, Verstappen, um, follows up his 21 championship with a, you know, basically convincing, uh, victory and, and, um, you know, year in formula one. So we're going to see if, um, they can repeat that next year. Obviously everybody's going to get close, uh, to them and they'll have to make improvements in the off season. So yeah, it should be interesting next year, but you know, for this year, uh, you know, it was clearly, you know, this was clearly Verstappen's year. Yeah, and then I mean that's there. I think I I said it yesterday that honestly the way Ferrari was between both drivers, you know, I think 
for stopping probably at a, was going to win double digit races and uh, no no doubt that he was going to win double digit races he he did he was close to doing it last year anyway um when he actually had somebody to really battle and um when it comes to uh this year if ferrari had actually did what they needed to do the dry, everybody was um did what they needed to do i think they would have won uh, a few more races at least and then it would have been somewhat more interesting, or at least it would have been a little further along for him to actually have to get that championship. Uh, Mercedes' car was never really good enough outside of a handful of races to really compete. And, um, you know, George Russell got the pole at Hungary. Then, you know, they, they didn't have any pace uh, in the race. At the Brazilian Grand Prix, of course, we saw uh, what happened. And that was largely... Um, uh, helped and assisted by the fact that Max Verstappen decided to drive right through Lewis Hamilton. Um, so he, he decided he didn't want to win the race and he didn't want Lewis to win the race. And in turn, he allowed George Russell, um, a, basically a free run, even with all the safety cars and all the bull crap that Formula One does. Um, George Russell, I don't think was going to lose that race really. So in the end, those are the only teams that were in contention to win Ferrari, has all those points or second and all these things, but they gave away a lot. And um, it's something that they have to really look at for next year if they want to have a chance uh, to beat Max or stopping. Uh, because it's the same way as when Vettel was at Red Bull in his heyday winning championships. And honestly, it's the same kind of deal. It's just change a driver. That's the only difference. It says change a year and change a driver. That's what this is. It's like 2009 through 13 for Vettel is the same way as it is now. Um, there's You'd have glimpses of other people like uh, Alonzo back up for the two years with Ferrari in Vettel's time there. You had Lewis last year. Last year, maybe somebody will come up. Maybe it'll be George, but we will see. Or it looks like, you know, he's going to go on a run here unless um, stranger things take place. Um, mentioned that George Russell, of course, gets uh, fourth in the championship, is able to um, beat his teammate by, what is it, uh, 35 points. So uh, basically only the second legitimate uh, time where Lewis Hamilton has been beaten by a teammate. In his career, the other time was when uh, Jensen Button beat him at McLaren uh, back in those latter years at McLaren for Lewis. And then you have, I mean, Carlos Sainz gets a top five in points. Lewis ended up, of course, falling out of the race, which helped. Uh, He got into an issue at the start of the race. uh, Trying to remember was um, who it was he was with. I think it was like a McLaren or something. It was a... I forget who it was he was racing there at the start of the deal. And because uh, he, had, he had gotten up to fourth, he had made a good start. And it might have been a Ferrari, I think. I'm just forgetting off the top of my head who he got into the incident with. But drove off the track and then um, hit the sausage curb. And I think that played a role in what eventually had uh, played part in the hydraulic failure, being the first mechanical failure Mercedes had all year the actual Mercedes team and considering where Ferrari was this year, considering where Red Bull was at the start of the season for Mercedes with all the, you know, power unit stuff and everything that's going on and all the bull crap that they do to get around the rules for one mechanical failure 
23 races or 46 races counting both cars or i mean 49 if you're counting the sprints no 52 there you go finally getting the math look at me doing uh doing all my my math i sound like howard stern doing that crap um great job by them but uh yeah lewis is that's one of his uh Worst performances in the points. No wins, no polls for the first time in his career. So that's a disappointment, but it is what it is in that point. Um, Esteban Ocon beats Fernando Alonso. Uh, Valtteri Botas ends up finishing in the top 10. Sebastian Vettel finishes tied with Daniel Ricciardo with, in 11th with points, but Ricciardo, I think, had the higher finish. So there's that. Um, in the Constructors... Alpine beats out McLaren by 14 points. Alfa Romeo on countback in better finishing position. Uh, finishes sixth in the Constructors' Championship. Haas beats Alfa Tori by two points to finish eighth in the Constructors. So those are that's big money there uh, for sure. Um, I mean, uh, we talked about the uh, Alonzo, of course, there was a lot of aggro with him at the end of the season. Him and Ocon weren't getting along. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Um, but, you know, with him, he's going to Stroll F1. Stroll F1 showed how much they loved Sebastian Vettel by fucking him over on strategy the last two races and um, in in turn helping uh Lance get around him and costing him points, uh, costing Vettel points, which at the end of the day would have had him finish in the top 10 and probably would have had him in the top 10 in the world championship because what is it? I Botas. Oh no, actually that I, I I'm incorrect. At least he would have finished 11th because what is it? He might've finished. I think he would have finished, made him mad, made add maybe five more points. It would have been, uh, a uh, few more points there, but I mean, it's the end for Sebastian Vettel. I mean, we talked about it last week, Josh, uh, the way that he was he, the pre-race, you know, they went and did kind of like a salute to him and they all gave, they all parted the seas essentially for him to walk through. And he acknowledged every driver on the grid. And um, that was really cool. And a lot of the tributes to him, at least for a little while, we're not going to see Sebastian Vettel. Um, hoping that he will do something else. I think you brought up Extreme yesterday. I, I mean, I brought up uh, WEC. I think World Rally Championship is even in play a little bit because they have an electrification aspect and it's outdoorsy. Um, you know, I, I hope it isn't the end of Sebastian Vettel racing uh, in, in a, a large sense. I, I hope he decides to do more. Um, that's one that right there you you needed um so um i mean for vettel it's 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 a disappointment you know in a sense because we're losing such a great person and such a great statesman uh in terms of formula one in terms of motorsport somebody who cares about a lot of things that are going on in our society um and there aren't that many people who actually have that, have the balls and have that stature that really or have stature to be able to go out there and speak up and he does. And there's something about that. He's 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 cut from a different cloth. He's taking a different tack than his hero Michael Schumacher, some his mentor in a sense too. You know, he's setting a different path. Um and, and also setting a tone for other driver German drivers and other European drivers, I think, to really have to meet up to, to go and um 
carry themselves to such a high level. Yeah, I think you know for for um, Vettel, um, like I talked about yesterday. Uh, not sure if it's going to be the end for him or not, but you look at other Formula One drivers who retired and then came back. I mean, you mentioned Michael, and Michael is his mentor, uh, or one of his mentors at least, and uh, you know had had a return. Uh, you know, after 2006, you know, he retired, and then uh, you know he he retired, and then uh, 2010 came back for two years with Mercedes, uh, but then um, you know wasn't really uh, much there at Mercedes, and. Um, you know, kind of led to Lewis Hamilton getting the seat there at Mercedes, but uh, you know, Fernando Alonso retired or at least uh, quit racing for after 2018 and then came back after 2020. So he was out of the seat for two years. And granted, he still uh, maintained some kind of activity. You know, he went to Indy and uh, attempted and then made the race one year, did. Did Dakar, did the, the uh, 24 hours of uh, Le Mans and all that stuff. WEC, so, yep. WEC, so there's the opportunity. That might be the blueprint for uh, Sebastian Vettel to go out and Kimi. do yeah, some kind of thing like that. Yeah, Kimi is uh, another one. Yeah, Kimi, yeah, exactly. Kimi just retired. And, uh, I mean, well, Kimi hasn't really, I mean, he's done NASCAR, right? But... I mean, he has He's retired, more retired, retired. Yeah, he, exactly. The person he came, he went and left um, for a year or whatever with the Lotus deal because he basically had so much money that he put him out of business and yeah. went out to NASCAR, did rallying, sucked at rallying, and then Ferrari called him back and he came back. And then he ended up with like Alpha, Alpha Sauber too. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it wasn't like an uh, I'm leaving Formula One like for good situation where, um, you know, with Michael, I mean, even um, even Fernando, like, you know, you weren't sure if they were going to come back. You know, they were at, at a point in their life where they didn't need to come back and they, had, you know, basically made their careers. Uh, so, you know, uh, Vettel, maybe in two years, maybe he comes back, but I don't know. I feel like, you know, with him, um, maybe just his, you know, personality his persona the last couple of years um you know just kind of seemed like he didn't wasn't as you know passionate about the racing itself um and that's not to you know insult or anything like that it's just like an observation just um you know looked like he didn't have it in him anymore uh the last couple of years you know the last year at ferrari and the you know most of the last two years at aston martin so uh you know just uh that's my observation with Vettel, but uh, we'll see. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he would come back to Formula One full time. It, it have to be like a monster deal, and it would have to be like a, a prime ride. Can't be like you know what he was in the last couple of years at Aston Martin, just kind of riding around or um, you know not really in a, a good situation. Really, it'd have to be a super competitive team for like one or two years. But uh, you know, like where you're almost guaranteed a championship which well that's only going to happen if you get a seat at uh at ferrari mercedes red bull and those seats are all filled up and they wouldn't really hire a veteran when they got a bunch of young guys uh on the on the uh come up like uh leclerc russell and verstappen so you know the opportunity there is probably not not really there but you know could see him in wc like we said um, or doing some kind of endurance racing formula 
uh, or not Formula E, but Extreme E, something like that, or even just like some type of um, active role where he takes on like kind of like a mentorship or something like that. You know, uh, Schumacher did something similar to that. So, yeah, I definitely could see um, him taking on those roles. But yeah, it's been an interesting year uh, for, uh, you know, or last couple years for Vettel and you know we'll see what his future turns out to you as Brandon Ayuk gets a touchdown and helps me for sure so yeah I think uh, you just won you uh, let me check the score points, so that's another six plus whatever how many yards so I think you won there you go yep. so we, 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 there was <laughs> we were gonna get the show over but I was kind of thinking if you wanted to build it up to where it might have gotten to like the second half but it's over already so there you go you're welcome yeah um, I wasn't. I wasn't sure. I thought that because, like, like, they said that uh, Rondale Moore has got a groin injury and is questionable to return. And right now, it's rainy and everything, and it looks like the Forty ers are gonna, you know, do a uh, run running game heavy, uh, run game heavy. So, you know, I wasn't sure how well it was gonna turn out, and I thought it'd be pinned to the end where uh, I was like, they leave you on the hopes, and then they just pull pull the rug from you and don't don't do any, you know, nothing happens, and I end up, you know just narrowly losing to you, but nope, it's well, there. I, I, already I, don't got the points. I don't think that was going to happen. Number one. And then when it was only 15 points, I'm like, I know these two players and I know what they're generally going to do, no matter what the weather conditions, the way that Kyle Shanahan utilizes them. And um, now with this weather condition is essentially he's throwing to his four best players. That's their, that's their passing offense. And he's utilizing, uh, Christian McCaffrey as both. Uh, so the um, the notion was, I figured it was a, a matter of if or when, not uh, um, if. Uh, so you know, so credit to you, uh, another victory. Um, I'm now relegated. I'm definitely relegated to uh, what is it? I'm relegated to eighth this week. So there you go. So that's zero and two. I mean, even, yeah, they would have been, this has been a weird week because now I'm in here too. So why is I shouldn't just, I shouldn't type it. So now, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in deep trouble. I'm going to need a miracle is what I'm going to need to make the playoffs, but, uh, you have a good chance too. So, um, I guess we can negotiate on here to see uh, how many of your, how many of the players I'm going to dump off to you, and how we can make it look like it isn't collusion. Um, at least I'm winning in my other league, and all of a sudden I might still have a chance there. Um, I mean, I was already winning today, but Robbie Gould gets an extra point, and I left a bunch of points on the table anyway. So I have a much better looking team now than I did a week ago. Uh, so and our team and. I'm I'm going into this football segment now, so whatever. I mean, the Niners won, uh, are are winning. Sorry, Niners are winning seven to three. Um, start of the second quarter, really. And um, Josh is up by point one five points. Um, I would like my IDPs to get um corrections in their points, like I don't know, maybe fifty. Um, to to give me help because my IDPs have been killing me all year, amongst other things. Probably well, I mean, operational. Maybe maybe uh, the uh, statisticians or whatever make a mistake and accidentally give you the uh, stats of all the Jets players or something or the Patriots players from yesterday. You got to save that for later. That's a good point. Yeah. You got to definitely save that salvo for later, um, especially with the way that Zach Wilson is talking. Um, 
so yeah, the Formula One season is over. Hundred and what is it? I got the counter over here on my phone. Um, let's see. He went from a second to a six for Jones. Okay. All right. So uh, what is it? A hundred and one days till the Bahrain Grand Prix practice one. Uh, so for those who want to keep track of that, that's essentially three and a half months. Uh, which means there's only 90 days until the Daytona 500. So uh, that's even less time because, of course, you have the clash and and stuff like that. So uh, people who like motorsports here have uh, a little less time to wait. Um, I have to get back here. I've been looking at football. Uh, other key news uh, for the postseason test coming up. So we'll go through... Um, who is driving in the postseason Abu Dhabi test? F-122 less pain-filled than last year's? Yeah, absolutely, because it was a joke. Um, it was fully manipulated by by a dipshit who's been... The, he's so bad. Like, the reality is the things that Michael Massey did to manipulate that race were so bad, they made him sign an NDA. Like how women have to sign when there were or whatever with with famous guys or vice versa women famous women with guys like his acts were so egregious in that race and it was so bad the way he officiated last year that he, they they just said here sign this disappear to australia be with all your other whatever and then never we're never going to hear from you again you fucking cocksucker and that's literally what it is cuz he's never going to say a thing and it's like go fuck yourself you son of a bitch you and all these other people that hate Lewis Hamilton and you didn't want him to have eight formula 1 championships and have another win cuz you're racist and you're you're full of shit um it it tells a lot and i mean it kind of makes sense considering the kind of society we live in today anyway a lot of the bull crap that goes on um, I'll get off my, um, angry, um, ra- racial diatribe here. Um, let's see here. So for Red Bull, it doesn't show, it shows Liam Lawson. So at least Liam Lawson is going to be driving, uh, for the Red Bull team. I would venture to say Checo Perez would probably be, uh, in that car. Um, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, so nine to six and you change for only two cars, one for and the second for young drivers. So um I think Liam Lawson does have a super license. Um I have to go and check. Yeah, he does. So he would be the main tester. So they have to have one person testing for the twenty twenty three. So I would venture to say that Sergio Perez would stick around or some other driver would jump in to um uh stick around to go and do the testing for the 2023 tires. And then um, for Ferrari, both uh, Sainz and Leclerc, along with Bobby Schwartzman, um, it's only each with three days of preseason testing with a day and a half, precious extra time, only one and a half days. So, yeah, so... Yeah, most drivers kind of run till the end of the year, meaning I had to get permission. Yeah, so that's Ferrari, Mercedes. Um, I would assume that it's George Russell, but um, there's possibility that uh, Lewis might be there, and then they're going to have Frederick Vesti driving for them. 
Pierre Gasly is going to be making his Alpine debut, and Jack Doohan, who's their young driver, and uh, would have been eligible with super license points to possibly go, and that's a turnover. That's a turnover, and the Niners, that's Jimmy Ward. Oh, there you go. Okay, we'll take that. Um, Yeah, that's a touchdown. Um, Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri, the new combination at McLaren. Piastri making his McLaren debut. Valtteri Botas will be testing for Alfa Romeo with the new tires, and Teo Pocher, uh, who is also eligible twenty with with super license, but he's a young driver, likely to be in that team, I would think, in twenty twenty four, because I think Pocher and also Liam Lawson probably are going to move to Super Formula next year. Alonso will make his Aston Martin debut. Him and Stroll will share the car, and then Felipe Drogovic will drive the other one, the F2 champion. Nico Hulkenberg for Haas will make his debut for them, and then Pietro Fittipaldi is the young driver there. Yuki Sonoda for um, AlphaTauri and Nick DeVries making his AlphaTauri debut, and then Alex Albon for Williams and Logan Sargent, which is kind of a um, uh, goes and... uh, breaks a part of uh, what we're going to talk about later in um, uh, the uh, the GSP roundup uh, for Logan Sargent there. So they will be testing there and testing the tires and all, and then um, they'll be trying to figure out a lot of things with one, one time. This is the last time all these cars are going to run, so uh, a lot of data they're trying to collect on those tires, but then also uh, figure out uh, some other things. Uh, for some of these new drivers um, leading into next year with the limited testing that they're going to have. So, yeah, we're talking football. A lot of this this show so far has been football-centric, Josh. um, I guess in your case, uh, being on the bye this week, the Niners were on bye a a few weeks ago. So uh, for you guys being on bye, uh, Tennessee ends up – Tennessee ends up getting a victory, I believe, right? Um, yeah, they won um, on Thursday yeah. night. They Okay, yeah, they won against Green Bay. Yeah, that's right. All right, thank you for that. And then um, Indy lost late to Philadelphia, which was basically a grudge game for uh, Sirianni. Uh, like, I'm trying to do the whole Pat McAfee thing. Uh, the Goomba Sirianni, Italiano Sirianni, whatever. But then he was really, he had a, he was hard up. He wanted to beat the shit out of them because of them firing Frank Reich. And, and then, um, well, I mean, Jeff Sunday came to, uh, coach. So, yeah, well, whatever the hell, yeah, Jeff Saturday, Sunday, whatever. They sucked. They sucked at the end of the game is what happened. They had a great game going, and they were dominating, and then I don't know what the hell they did late in the game to basically allow Philly to go and look like what they've been looking like all year. Um, And then Houston got bitch-slapped in their game, and they're working on being the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Uh, They look pretty good in that. Uh, But, I mean, in your your case, just – Look at the records right now, NFL, NFL standings. Yeah, because I'm curious. I mean, I know the Jags. It's not. It, it's probably not going to happen this year in terms of uh, contention. Three and seven. It's going to be very tough. I mean, you got one, two, three, uh, four, five, 
six, seven, eight, nine. Um, if you count Indianapolis, ten uh, teams you'd have to get around just to get to the seven. It would be very hard. But you're only like a half game behind them or whatever in terms of uh, Indianapolis. Um, what is the goal now and here in the second half of the season, I guess, in regards to the Jags for what they're looking forward to um, with with Doug Peterson, this uh, regime with the bulky, um, in, in, and especially I think with Trevor Lawrence, um, knowing that you've invested so much in him as a number one overall pick and looking at what's been going on with some of these other quarterbacks from this particular draft class, um, two in particular, like you brought up a few moments ago, or at least one in particular, um, it's not looking good in terms of these quarterbacks. So Trevor has a lot of pressure on him, I think, to really perform. Uh, he's not going to lose his job. He's going to be around next year. He's going to have five years to figure it out. But I think there's got to be a progression as the season goes on. Oh, that's a big catch. Oh, GK got it. That's a tutty. Here you go. Oh, yeah, here we go. Oh, boy. Uh, they're going to clear. He's going to impregnate Claire. That's for sure. Um, he finally got a touchdown. Jeez. He knows how to throw to George Kittle. I'll say he didn't give. So it was a touchdown, or I thought it was a touchdown, but they, it was just a fumble recovery. Okay. And then, oh, he stepped up in the pocket. What a novel concept, Jimmy. Holy mother of God. Oh, and he broke his route. Oh, and he underthrew him and almost got him killed. Okay. But still. What I mean, what are the things that you're looking at? Who are some of the players you're looking at on your roster in the second half of the season that either need to show out or could go and really, you know, elevate themselves to a different status as you go on into next year? Because really, that's what it is. Houston's going to be the number one overall pick. Indianapolis is a is a is a dumpster fire. You guys have are kind of in between. Tennessee is that base team that they have stability but they really don't have much of anything on offense other than derrick henry um their defense though is tough and always seems to be because mike Vrabel's our coach um it's a division that is winnable um if you can put the pieces together yeah i mean it's a winnable division if you have the right you know things lined up but the the jags so for trevor lawrence uh, I think the first thing he needs to look for is, uh, or that we need to look for him is have more games like how he played in Kansas City, um, Oak, you know, against Oakland at home, you know, against uh, Indianapolis at home, and then you know on on the road at uh, you know on the road in uh, San Diego or in Los Angeles. So those four games are you know his four best games that he's had is you know the season and probably in his career. So I would look at those games first and see. Um, or you know those performances see what he can do in the uh second half uh so i'd look for more of that uh, kind of play from him um you know just solid solid play all around uh you know there's one particular play uh that he had in the uh chiefs game we had a, a deep 30 yard pass to marvin jones uh we haven't really seen a whole lot of that and the jags don't really have the personnel for that but um if he you know he's able to figure out the deep ball and get his issues accuracy issues figured out there uh you know it looks like maybe he is beginning to figure that part of the game out so you know I'd like to see more of that uh, but just more solid play and you know less less mistakes like that he made in the losses that they had uh where you know he had goal line interceptions in the red zone you know 
you know, backbreaking turnovers like that, or, you know, not fumbling the ball, you know, four times in a game like he did uh, against the Eagles or anything like that. So that's uh, what I'm looking for, you know, for Trevor, just, you know, be solid and uh, don't be the reason that they lose and then try. I would also like to see, you know, if they get in a situation because they've had it happen already a few times this year where, you know, they, uh, gave up the defense, gave up a, a late lead, and then the Jags have to come back on offense. And Trevor hasn't been quite able to, uh, you know, lead them down the field and score a touchdown. Uh, so I'd like to, if, if they get into that situation, I would like to see them, uh, you know, convert that into a touchdown. So, uh, yeah, that that's what I'm looking for for him. Uh, you know, for the rest of the players, um, you know, we'll see if Travis Etienne can continue the run that he's been on, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks prior to Kansas city, um, you know, more hundred yard games and stuff like that. Uh, the, uh, offensive line like to see improvement there as well in pass protection and in run blocking, uh, defensively. I think, you know, the players, uh, that I'm looking for, you know, they're rookies, uh, you know, Trayvon Walker, uh, and Devin Lloyd on defense. They, you know, they haven't really done all that well, uh, this season, Trayvon Walker's had some pretty interesting moments, uh, you know, the beginning of the year, but he hasn't really had uh, a whole lot of uh, stats uh, since then. Uh, you know, he had a, a pretty good game in Kansas City and at home in Oakland, uh, convert, you know, but wasn't able to convert any of his pressures into sacks. He just just able to uh, pressure the quarterback. Uh, so I'd like to see more of that. Uh, and then Devin Lloyd uh, has had some issues in coverage uh, this season and giving up plays there. Uh, and, you know, he's still coming off of the hamstring injury as well. So, you know, looking for him to have a better uh, outcome there uh, and figure things out because um, he, he's actually lost some playing time to their uh, third round uh, or fourth round rookie linebacker as well. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see more from him as well. Um, and, um, you know, the defensive line as a whole, you know, they've got, I think, a 36% pressure rate in the league, which is like the fifth highest, but they like their ratio of pressure rate to sacks is like last because they haven't been able to uh, get any sacks or anything like that. So, you know, I'd, I'd like to, you know, see them do better there uh, in that and convert more of those pressures into sacks. And then, you know, on the rest of the defense, uh, you know, Tyson Campbell's been playing really good this year. Uh, at, at their number one cornerback spot. Uh, Rayshon Jenkins has been playing good at safety and says Andre Sisco in the last couple of games. So, you know, the only position there that really I'd like to see improvement from is the number two cornerback and maybe even the slot corner position because uh, that's where a lot of the trouble has been for Jacksonville. And, you know, with uh, uh, defense, you know, if you have a lot one side of the field locked up, you know, it's really hard. And, and the other side is kind of open. You, you're always going to go to the open side. So, uh, that's where teams have really been exploiting the Jaguars and some key scenarios late, late in games. Uh, you know, example, uh, they, uh, they gave up a big pass to Jerry Judy in, in the London game. And it was cause they, uh, attacked the, you know, the right cornerback or number two cornerback that it wasn't Tyson Campbell. So we'd like to see more improvement there. Uh, special teams, want to see more improvement from the kickers missed a couple of kicks the last couple of games, you know, missed two field goals that would have made it a four point game for the Jaguars, uh, against Kansas city. Um, so would like, like to see him convert more of those kicks. Um, and, uh, you know, want to see, want to see them just be able to, uh, you know, have a, you know, better, better opportunity, uh, on offense in general, 
maybe they can go out and win some games. Uh, don't know if they'll win the playoffs or anything like that or make it into the playoffs, but it would be really interesting to watch if that were to happen. You know, it's it's not it's not over yet, but you know, if they uh, go out this Sunday against the Ravens and lose that game and then, you know, lose against the Titans, it's probably over. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how they do. Um, but, you know, uh, at least at least they've been competitive in games and, you know, they've been a lot more interesting to watch than, you know, the last uh, two or three years, you know, since they were in the, um, you know, at the end of the Blake Bortles era and, um, you know, when they went to the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it happens uh the rest of the season, the rest of the way. Yeah, and for the Niners right now, they're up what fourteen to three, and uh, it looks like they have the ball back again. Or yeah, they or no, they're on defense right now. Uh, that was okay. So that was uh, Greenlaw going and getting that. So actually, Arizona's driving right now. Shavarius Somuni Ward is back, but he's struggling a little bit. But um. You know, the Niners right now trying to stay in the playoff mix. Uh, if they win, they would take the lead in the division uh, in the NFC West. Of course, the NFC is um, quite uh, wide open relative to the AFC. I mean, there actually are more teams in play. Um, you have fell over camera people, DeAndre, you freaking woman beater or whatever the fuck was the reason why you were out for all those weeks. I think it, it had to be assault or something. Uh, some bullshit with him. No, it was but, PEDs. Um, D Hop well, was out for PEDs. Well, I figured it was. Yeah, well, we'll just say he. Well, yeah, it was PEDs, and he probably beached women too. I'll just go and say it. It's our podcast. Who cares? What is he going to do? Is he going to listen to it and he's going to sue me for libel? Really? He didn't like fuck him. Um, and he plays for the Arizona Cardinals. They can go fuck themselves. Shitty ass coach. Shitty ass GM. Racist owner. You know, they're racist people one of the crappiest states in the union. So um, they didn't even like this team. All of a sudden they like them. Oh, I wonder why um, the Niners right now. I mean, injuries aside, trying to go and keep things, keep the momentum, trying to go and uh, uh, make sure you win these. They, they lost games that they should have won. And that Atlanta game looks worse every week, even though Atlanta did win yesterday. And, um, I mean, in terms of the conference right now, they are seventh. They actually are seventh based on their, um, their division record. That's what it is. Even though the Washington general commanders have six wins, um, they haven't taken a buy yet. Um, they would go and swap out the Seahawks if they were to win tonight. Um, their their home records are the same. Road records would end up being the same if he did win, and if the Niners did win today, they would end up to four and zero in the division with one win against each of their other um, teams in the division. They have swept, of course, the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. So that's a touchdown for the Cardinals. It's now fourteen to ten. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to go down the whole way. Niners division, or the conference record, is 4-2. and two. They've, of course, lost to Atlanta, um, and they lost to... Uh, where am I? And they lost to Chicago, of course, to start the season, which was atrocious. And that's literally their only win in, in, in the NFC this year. Um, 
they've won two home games. One of the two home games was the opener of the season against uh, the Niners. Lovely. Uh, but, you know, they're in the mix. They could move up. I think the NFC East is going to be carnage-filled between all these teams because all four of them are in the top eight. The NFC South is a dumpster fire, um, and essentially one of those teams is going to have a home game against an, a likely NFC East competitor. Uh, the Detroit Lions are going and moving forward. The fighting Dan Campbells are are on a little bit of a heater, um, three wins in a row beating the Giants here at uh, MetLife. Big deal there uh, for sure. Um, so that's uh, something to see. Minnesota got got anal dry by by the Dallas Cowboys, and then they're going to have to play uh, against the New England Patriots. Of course, the New England Patriots-Jets game put football back probably about 50 years with the futility on offense. You could say that the defenses were great, which at the end of the day, when you consider it's Bill Belichick, who's like an OG, and then Bob Sala, who knows how to call a great defense. Okay, that's there. But two quarterbacks from that vaunted draft class a couple of years ago uh, look pretty ordinary um, in Zach Wilson and uh, um, the and what do you call um, uh, Mac Jones, who were. That was a twin, that was the same class for Trevor. They were drafted behind Trevor, and um, my goodness, uh, Zach Wilson does not look like he knows how to play um, football at all. Um, I think he knows how to, you know, bang out inbreds in Utah or something, but or his mom or whatever. But he definitely does not know how to throw a football or read a defense. Uh, which is a big problem, and I think, I mean, I never thought I would see the day where I would say, you know what, Jets, you need to play Joe Flacco. But, Jets, you need to play Joe Flacco. If you want to make the playoffs this year with this defense, you need to play Joe Flacco, period. End of story. Uh, because they were 2-2 two and two with him. I think they could have been 3-1. and one. He was able to spread the ball around. I think Brees Hall was a big part of it, too, to be fair. Brees Hall was a great running back, uh, rookie running back, and he got hurt towards ACL, whatever. But he'll be back. You have Mike. You have you have James Robinson from Josh's Jaguars. You have Michael Carter. You have a running game. You can run the ball the same way the Niners. It's the same offense. You can run the ball. Don't tell me you can't run the ball. It's BS. Um, they don't trust. They don't. They're not as fearful of it because Brees Hall could break off big runs, but. You can run the ball. You have wide receivers. You have you have Garrett Wilson. You have you have Barrios. You have all these whatever Mims. You have all these other people. You have tight end Conklin or whatever. They have weapons, but you have a, you have a, a jackass behind center. That's that's the problem. Somebody needs to beat the crap out of him in the locker room, and then maybe he'll he'll decide he wants to go and be an NFL quarterback. Oh, that oh. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, McCaffrey got another one. So that's that's what it is there. I mean, for me in fantasy, uh, I'm I'm in deep trouble. I'm fall, I'm going to fall to eighth. Um, I'm tied with Vic, which is pathetic. Um, I'm only the irony is I'm only a game out of fifth. So even with how sad everything is, I'm only a game out of fifth. So there is hope. 
Josh gives himself a little bit of breathing room. Um, he's two games behind the top three, but uh, he is, you know, he would uh, still have to work. It's still pretty close between the fourth through ninth in the in in this league is only two games with three weeks to go. So um, that's how it should be, really, uh, honestly. And then you look at, yeah, I mean, uh, Wilson's dad. He's going to be the low point scorer. Uh, uh, Vic is dead and he's going to be second low point scorer. Um, right now, um, yeah, what's it called? Um, Jeff is going to tie uh, Wilson for first. And then um, Professor Jay gets the biggest win he's had all year, honest to God. Um, oh, they finally put in Elijah Mitchell. Look at that. Right now, they put in Elijah Mitchell in the second quarter, uh, two, and then there's a flag, of course. Yeah, there's a flag. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it's just been a a low scoring kind of week so far. Very, very low yeah. across the board, really. Yeah, I mean, what is it called? Steve, who's um, one of those five and six teams, he's actually uh, one of the new people in the league, and he's a very competitive player. Has won twice this year. I thought he had won last week, but after the count back, Wilson won. I think this week he's going to win for the third time. I'm pretty certain of that. Only three guys have won the weekly points this year, which is insane. Um, but I guess it's not as bad as I thought, but we'll see. Got three weeks to go. Need to make the playoffs. Uh, need some help. Need some hope. Whatever. Good juju. Opium. Um yeah, whatever, some drugs, whatever the hell, maybe. Speaking of drugs, my other team in Yahoo, Aaron's Ayahuasca, uh, will move up. I'll jump two spots to eighth, so I'm tied with three teams for that final spot, and I'm only a game out of fifth, and I'm two out of third. So in theory, if I can get on a run, I could really move up and give myself a chance um, in this playoff. And I have a pretty solid uh, core here. I mean, I have Dak Prescott. Um, I do need a tight end, honestly, but uh, Prescott is all right. I have Higgins, Olave, um, but Higgins, I think Higgins plays better when, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, at the Cincinnati number one wide receiver plays. Uh, I forget what his name is, um, the guy that got hurt, and he's going to come back this week, but... Uh, when he plays, you Higgins usually does better. Olave actually had a good game. Pierce went nowhere because of how bad it was. Montgomery actually had a good game, even though Chicago lost. Um, probably not going to have a good game this week because, I mean, to be fair, if, if they don't have Justin Fields, they ain't going to do nothing. I have the Jets defense, so I'm not going to change that the rest of the year. Um, I have Christian Watson. I have Donovan Peoples-Jones. I have Rashad White, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, Hollywood Brown and uh, J.K. Dobbins. I'd probably have to drop somebody out of that. I might uh, drop Hayden Hurst or drop one of them, you know. And so we're we're in the mix there. And then in the uh, sleeper league, uh, we're in. Um, yeah, so in the sleeper league, uh, we're we're losing. I think uh, this week, but we are. You know, we're in the mix for the playoffs at the moment. Uh, yeah, we're going to lose. We, we've lost. So in turn, you know, one team trade, 
Yeah, two-way trade. What is this? Active trades. Jacoby Myers. Uh, James Robinson for Tyler Lockett. Oh, okay. And then um, did we get Aaron Jones? Oh, there you go. Okay. All right. So Aaron Jones for a sixth-round draft pick. Okay. All right. That's that's fine. All right. So we have Aaron Jones now to add to bolster our running back core. I mean, the Justin Watson played actually didn't hurt us. I mean, he scored 9.7 points. Look at that. Wow. Um, yeah, we're 6-4. and four. We're going to end up falling to 6-5 and five, uh, this week. But And we lost to the second-place team. In terms of other players, the, the third-place team has a chance of losing here uh, at the moment. The first-place team is going to win. Fourth-place team is going to lose more than likely. Sixth place team is going to win. So right now it's kind of iffy. D Soul, I'm trying to look for. Where's D Soul? Uh, yeah, he's in process of possibly losing. Uh, fields of yeah, Fields of Gold has a chance of losing. So even with us losing, we're still kind. Of, we're we're okay. We're all in a mix. Basically, it's a pot of uh, one, two, three, four, five teams competing for essentially four spots. So hopefully we're just, we're not the team that uh, falls out in that sense. Um, because I'm trying to look at what are, what, what are we, what, what are we thinking? What? We're not going to take the trade. That's what we're thinking. Cause it's a terrible trade. That's why, um, I really do not like, I'll say this on my podcast. I do not like the sleeper app. I will not be moving my league to Sleeper. If anything, if I'm going to move my league, I'm going to move it to NFL Network because I liked back a few years ago when I actually played an NFL Network league. I I liked their setup. Uh, very nice. It was a very good setup. So I mean, there's a possibility that's what might happen. But um, I'm trying to look for yeah. There you go. So yeah, it's the one. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. So it's a top six. Okay. So as long as we make the top six, we're good. And then, uh, yeah, okay. So, all right. So that's what we need. We need to make the top six. So it's really, so it's like five. Yeah, it's five for four in that sense. Hoping the Niners. I, I mean, honestly, I mean, Jimmy's actually playing good today. Um, yeah. He must have heard me insult him yesterday to Katie Mox, who's one of many hot babes who are on TV and talk about who talk about sports betting. And she's also from San Francisco. And she, I kind of have a feeling she probably has had sex with Jimmy Garoppolo, but even if she hasn't, um, I, I don't know how, um, because Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, would be able to bang out, uh, a, a chick that hot. Um, I made a comment about Zach Wilson. I'm like, he's Jimmy is basically, Sack Wilson with some of the crappy throws and some of the decisions he makes was like he is not like him. That's her whole entire response, and that was after she went and made she went and copied one of the my responses to her um, on a DM. So, oh well, I I got in the doghouse with her. What a shame! It's not like she would fuck a fat, broke, thirty seven year old, anyways. So, um, it is what it is. On that, still be a simp. Uh, Either way, we'll definitely be talking a lot more football 
uh, as the rest of this year goes on and prior to some of the racing going on, probably take a couple weeks off here and there uh, during the during the winter, uh, probably during Christmas and New Year's, probably going to take a break. But we'll run out the rest of the year trying to get hoping to get maybe one or two more guests on. We can do some interviews here and erasing interviews may try to work on some other things that might be the way we can keep it going the whole year uh robbie gould is out there for field goals so all right had a chance but we will um, move on we'll move on to and okay good 17 to 10 43 seconds ago in the first half all right uh we'll get into the roundup here and um and we have yeah yeah so in f2 the i mean we already knew felipe drogovic was the champion a while back in monza but um in terms of this race there was still more to go still people and points and things to decide you know, Liam Lawson gets the victory in race one over Richard Vashore, Felipe Drogovic, Dennis Hauger, Amory Cordiel, freaking Amory Cordiel, um, got a fifth, Logan Sargent sixth, Jack Dewan seventh, Nassani somehow got points uh, in eighth. Um, he had a decent weekend, actually, Roy, Roy Nassani, um, considering how mediocre he is. Uh, in race two, uh, Iwasa. Ayumu Wasa, Drogovic, uh, Lawson round out the podium. Dennis Hauger is uh, fourth. Logan Sargent fifth, benefiting from issues for um, Jack Dewin, who had uh, had pit road problems there with a wheel, loose wheel. Cordiel, it was the best weekend of his career, honestly. Um, Cordiel gets uh, sixth place. Uh, Richard Vashor, 7th, Yuri Vips, 8th, Marcus Armstrong, ninth. Nassani rounds out the top 10. Uh, the point standings to end the 2022 Formula 2 championship. Drogovic, Teo Pocher, Liam Lawson, Logan Sargent are all super license eligible. Um, I guess with count back from the last three years, Jack Dewin is also eligible. Um, Iwasa... I kind of feel like he's going to be getting FP1, uh, FP1s for Red Bull and for uh, Alpha Tori next year in lieu of likely taking over for um, Yuki Sonoda unless something crazy happens. Uh, the bigger story is that Logan Sargent has the points to now move up to Formula One, and he will um, move, to, of course, to Williams and... Um, you know, there's a couple other news stories. Frederick Vesti will be driving for Prema in Formula 2. Artur Leclerc will be driving for the Dams team. And, you know, what is it? Pocher um, is probably going to Super Formula along with Liam Lawson, as I mentioned. Um, Ali Bierman is moving up to with Prema. Um, I think Enzo Fittipaldi is going to uh, move, basically take over for Logan Sargent, Carlin, <clears throat> excuse me, and he'll be a Red Bull supported driver now. So that's a sack. So that's probably the end. And that's a sack for um, Nick Bosa. And then um, 
Yeah, Dennis Hauger also will be um, the 2021 Formula 3 champion, uh, will be moving over to MP Motorsport to take over the seat uh, you know, vacated by Felipe Drogovic. I mean, I think Ali Bierman must have a lot of money because uh, he wasn't that great. But um, yeah, two months, two months. So we'll we'll see about some of the mother seats as they go along. A lot of funding and a lot of stuff goes on with those seats um, in regards to Formula Two and Formula Three. Um, we'll probably know more as these next couple months go on. Uh, Form Extreme E uh, will be running their uh, final race in uh, Punta del Este uh, in, uh, what's it called? Uh, oh, I hate this website. It's the crappiest in Uruguay. There you go. Um, Energy X Pre. Um, yeah, in Uruguay. So uh, the Rosberg team right now has with... Uh, Kotalinski and Christofferson as a 17-point lead over Christina Gutierrez and Sebastian Loeb driving for X44. And then the Sands and Signs for um, the Aconia team there in third. Uh, Sarah Price and Kyla Duke, who won't be in this race this weekend uh, for the Ganassi, the Hummer uh, EV Ganassi team are have an outside shot of the championship. They're still within 30 points. So two races they'll be running um, uh, this weekend, of course. So so yeah. So that's the uh, current situation in um, uh, Extreme E. The last race, uh, Christina Gutierrez, Sebastian Loeb won. Oh look at uh, yeah look at. Yeah, I love Susie Culver. Uh, yeah, the only thing I won't do is go and go up to her and say I want to kiss her, even though I would, um, like um, like uh, Joe Namath did. Um, Sands and Signs finished second. Yuta Kleinschmidt and Nasser Alatia for the APT team uh, finished third at the last X-Pre. The McLaren team with Emma Gilmore and Tanner Faust finished fourth. And then the um, Hummer EV Chip Ganassi team finished fifth. So that's the uh, that was from the last race, and then um, I know that there's trying to see. I mean, there's some other news. I mean, Katie Munnings and Timmy Hansen are back for the Andretti United Extreme E team. I think there might be some other stuff going on with those two. Um, what is it? R.J. Anderson is going to be racing for Kyle Duke. Uh, Veloce Racing has a new driver lineup for this last race with um, 2021 champion Molly Taylor as part of the Rosberg team and then uh, former Jensen Button, XE driver Kevin Hansen, who's in, uh, what do you call, um, what is it, rally cross? What is, they have the Formula Rally Cross or whatever here in the U.S. with... Um, and Nitro Rallycross, there you go. He's part of the Nitro Rallycross deal here with Travis Pastrana and all that. So those two will be taking over the Veloce racing team. Clara Anderson will be driving for Apt Cooper XC in for Jutta Kleinschmidt, who got hurt 
And then, uh, so those are some of the things we'll talk about it next week on the GSP. Um, uh, what happened in, uh, the formula E, uh, finale. And then, um, yeah, W we're world touring car cup, uh, now, uh, it's not the world touring car championship, uh, with one race to go this season here, Saudi Arabia, uh, Mikhail Ascona is the champion more than likely for Hyundai, uh, Spanish driver for Hyundai. He'll be the, the likely champion. I mean, he's what, 60 points ahead of Nestor Girolami, uh, who drives for Honda. Nathaniel Berthon for Audi is in third. Rob Huff, former uh, world touring car champion, former British touring car driver uh, for uh, the Seat Cupra team uh, is in fourth. Norbert McAleese is in fifth. Uh, Santiago Urrutia, uh, formerly, formerly uh, a driver in Indy Lights for many years, driving the Lincoln Co. for Lincoln Co. team uh, is in seventh. Jan Erlacher, another Lincoln Co. driver. Um, Esteban Guerrieri, who was in sports cars, I believe, might have been in Indy Lights. I feel like that he was an Indy Lights driver. It sounds familiar. Tom Cornell, who may or may not follow you on social media. Um, he's in 12th in points. Yvonne Muller, multi-time champion in both British touring cars and world touring cars. 14th, Tiago Montero, uh, former Formula One driver, legendary he famously finished third in the U.S. Grand Prix that had six cars ahead of his teammate, Noreen Karthikeyan, which would have been much bigger for India, honestly. No offense to Tiago. He's won championships in touring cars and other series. So those are some of the drivers uh, we will see uh, in that. I mean, basically, you have four manufacturers in world touring cars. It's run in the same... Uh, TCR, they use the same TCR formula as they use here in the U.S. for uh, the WeatherTech, or not the WeatherTech sports cars, but the Michelin Pilot Challenge, which um, Brian Hurd Autosport runs on day program, and they've been dominant. That's where um, uh, Taylor Hagler has won two consecutive championships, and then uh, Mark Wilkins and uh, Robbie Wickens are teammates in that as well. So they're, they're basically a super team there. Um, the Hyundai's dominate. I'm curious if some of these other cars like the Lincoln Co or the Cooper would come over here, but, um, something to look at, uh, for sure. Uh, Josh, I know the South Carolina 400 went on this weekend and a certain, uh, certain famous driver was in it and he had quite an interesting day just based on reading some of the stories and social media from Matt Weaver and some of the highlights. It wasn't exactly the greatest officiated uh, race by any means, but uh, old Junebug uh, was very active and yelling at uh, his crew chief, Josh Berry, and uh, amongst other people while he's getting into it the way his dad might have in his heyday. Yeah, it was an interesting race there, South Carolina 400. Dale Earnhardt Jr. coming back to the late models once again, racing the uh, throwback scheme to his dad from 1998 with the Bass Pro Shops uh, gold car there. And yeah, it was a pretty sweet ride there. And, um, you know, Jr., you know, had a, I'm not going to say he had a chance to win the race, but, uh, you know, 
Dale definitely had a, a top five car there at the end, and he tried to try to get inside, uh, you know, for fighting for third place and and spun out. Uh, I'm trying to see who, who he spun out here. He spun out uh, Matt Cox for third place, uh, and then Junior got sent to the back, uh, but he made his way back up into uh, ninth place, I think, by the end of the race. Uh, so solid finish sent there. Back twice. Yeah, sent back twice actually. Yeah, that is correct. So uh, he had he hit somebody else too. Yeah, yeah, he hit somebody else. Yeah, but um, yeah, he ended up finishing ninth. So uh, not not right really finished. But you know, um, there's also a lot of yeah questionable officiating uh, for you know who is supposed to be uh, get sent back uh, and things. Uh, Mason Diaz is a I guess up and comer racer in the uh, late models, and he got spun out by uh, Sam Yarbrough uh there so um yeah kind of a interesting deal there and Yarbra didn't get penalized i think or something like that so yeah kind of a you know really interesting race um it i was hoping to watch it but um i don't know i i didn't want to get the uh flow racing just for that uh um because i'd have to i don't know i i i was uh i was wanting to but i i just ended up not doing that um but I was following it on social media from you know, Weaver and then other people on, on Reddit and Twitter following what they are talking about, uh, about the race. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely a good race, uh, from a short track racing perspective. You know, you saw tire wear and, um, you know, junior saved his tires towards the end. Uh, you know, he was going pretty easy and he managed to save it, uh, for the end, but, uh, didn't quite work out trying to race hard. And he said, he said his, uh, brain wasn't working there towards the end. So, you know, he's making, making a couple of mistakes, even with all the, um, experience that he has as a racer, you know, compared to the field. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it was an interesting race, uh, the beginning part, uh, I guess the events, uh, leading up into it, um, you know, they were talking about, uh, some of the pre-race events running over, I guess they had some bandoleros, some, uh, you know, trucks or like, you know, pro trucks or something like that. And other stuff that was running over into the race. And then they, I think they started the race a lot later than what, uh, what they wanted to. So yeah, definitely a, um, a lot of eventful things happening before the race, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's a solid event and, you know, hopefully you know, next year, you know, junior comes and runs a lot more short track races, maybe comes down to Florida and races the uh, Snowball Derby in, in uh, Pensacola here in December. So, uh, well, not this year, but maybe next year. I don't think he's going to run any more late model stuff the rest of the year. But, um, yeah, uh, good good stuff there. And, you know, then I think next week uh, they'll be running that late model car again, but it'll be Josh Berry behind the wheel. So it should be interesting to watch. Yeah, definitely. And Josh got on the radio and said, keep my car clean. I need to race it next week. Um, Kevin Harvick actually, uh, with, um, his crew chief, Rodney Childers, they're building a late model. And, uh, supposedly on, on Twitter, he made a, he made a post saying that he making a mention of wanting to go and run this weekend in the Thanksgiving race. And, uh, he got the, he got the eye from Dalana. Um, which probably means uh, he won't be in the race. But it doesn't mean that Rodney can't drive it. Let's see. Um, let's see if that'll happen. We might bring that up next week. Um, Landon Pemblinton or Pembleton or whatever was the other guy that Junior um, definitely dumped. The other guy 
I'm not so sure. I think he gave him room, but Pendleton, he definitely uh, used up um, in turn one, finishing ninth, considering that kind of competition. And then um, the Cars Tour goes and puts out that for pro late models, you can be 12 years old. Can you imagine? I don't know what you're doing at 12 years years old, man, but I know what I was doing at 12 years old. If you're going to tell me I'm going to be driving a pro late model, I'd probably be dead. Um, so... <laughs> I don't know where we're going with that. I mean, to be fair, Arca is kind of like what, fifteen years old or sixteen years old or whatever the hell for well, running short tracks and stuff. That don't have respect for the equipment. That's what it is, and um, you mean you know, like that's why you a lot of wrecking. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, well, when I was twelve, I was playing NR two thousand three. So I mean, maybe I would have had a little bit of semblance of knowing what I was doing. But you know, um, I definitely, I don't know. I mean. I could have been as reckless as some of these young kids coming up. I don't know, but, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, it's a pretty big class and there's gotta be some limit where, okay, you need to be a legal driving age, like, uh, to run, especially, um, if you're 12 years old, you know, running like that. Uh, but you know, that's how, that's how you're running. And actually I heard a, well, I mean, it's, there's been a rumor floating around for past, like maybe, three or four weeks that Dale jr had purchased and his sister had purchased the cars tour. Uh, and that's been, which makes uh, sense. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. That's been interesting to see if that would happen. Uh, I, I mean, I, I obviously, I think it's going to happen. There's been some pretty strong confirmations. Uh, I think Weaver, like somebody asked Weaver and, and he said that on, you know, he basically couldn't talk anything about it, which pretty, pretty much means that, yeah, he, Junior bought the the series, and they're probably just waiting to make the official announcement. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be an interesting deal there. Junior goes out and buys late model series. You know, we got Tony owning a dirt series, and uh, you know, all star circuited champions, and you got other things. So, um, you know, slowly and slowly, they're all the veterans from NASCAR are just going to buy up all the, uh, you know regional tours regional racing series and then that'll just be the new funnel uh for nascar to you know derive their talent pool in the future maybe we'll see what would really make things crazy is if tony somehow or another bought the world of outlaws that's when you know winged sprint car racing 410 wing sprint car racing and um late models and uh what is it called? 358 crate um, modifieds. That's when things might change uh, in that sense because there's a lot of different series and things going all over. And then you also have USAC in that sense. So I know Tony's got a lot of things going on. There's uh, him, his, and uh, Leah's, Leah uh, Pruitt's anniversary, one year uh, anniversary of their wedding. So a happy anniversary to those two. He's definitely hitting above his weight on that because she is fit. Um, and I'm pretty sure she can suck the chrome off a trailer hitch too. Um, and then I forget, there was somebody else at a anniversary. I think it's seven years for Green Rehaul and uh, Courtney Force. Now they have two baby girls. So um, Graham for having the horse teeth that he has and the face that he has. Um and having half the genes of Bobby Rahal in terms of visual, he doesn't have the driving talent of Bobby. Um, definitely hit above his weight too. Um, but then when you consider he married Courtney, the the teeth situation between the force forces and the Rahals is pretty intense. Pretty intense for sure. So happy anniversary to both of those lovely couples. Um, yeah, I mean 
We got, I mean, South Carolina 400 this past weekend at at, La, at Florence. And then uh, next weekend, uh, there's going to be another, um, there's going to be another uh, race, uh, which uh, Josh Berry will be a part of. I mean, Coleman Presley actually got, uh, came out of retirement to go and run and win the Hickory Fall Brawl uh, with uh, Joey Logano, his his driver, who he spots for, uh, helping him and his good friend. So I brought up Nitro Rallycross. There you go. Travis Pastrana um, won that one. I saw. I was watching the video of it. I think a few like early, a couple days ago. So I guess, I didn't know it was that far back. Um, and there's a lot of these guys that run uh that run in these other electric series um in that i'm trying to go and find the announcement from junior uh junior's announcement for where he's gonna go and run i figured it was up here uh trying to see all right uh just give me a second here and before we go and move forward we don't have that whole much a whole lot to go but um yeah that was the hail melon uh, Martinsville. Oh, there you go. Florida. Okay. Flow racing homestead. I thought, I thought he made that announcement like prior to Halloween. Didn't he make that announcement prior to Halloween that he was going to go and run or was it a few weeks before? Uh, pretty sure it was like right around Halloween time when Dale Jr. Made the announcement that he was going to run the South Carolina 400. So I'm gonna go media. So I'm gonna go and do it that way. Yeah. So podcasts. We got yeah. Yes, videos. So articles. There you go. Where the hell can you get articles? There you go. Uh oh. So they did have. Oh, that's from a while ago. Okay. Uh, Marcus Smith and can. Oh, so he doesn't even have. What the. F- All right. Whatever. I was trying to look up the. It's probably on the Xfinity side. That's probably what it is, because I'm trying to... That was my mistake, so there you go. Um, yeah, there you go. So, I'm going to go through that. Austin Hill, Harper Clinton, Ty Gibbs, runs over, whatever. Bass Pro, there you go. So, yeah, there's the... With the late mile four and more speedway, and then um, they'll run... Josh Berry will run the following race at... Um, yeah, and then they're going to sponsor... Yeah, they're going to sponsor Carson Quapple, uh in all for the whole for twenty of late model events in the Southeast in twenty twenty three. So that's the whole entire Cars Tour, and then a few more races, which I would assume also uh, means because late models and super late models. I, I guess there's a difference. I I really don't like somebody needs to tell me what the real difference is um, because they look exactly the same, uh, um, and then. Yeah, and then Josh Berry will for will have eleven races with that scheme, and then he's gonna run. Uh, he's gonna be running a late model race this weekend, and I, I forget what the race that that same race that uh, uh, Kevin Arvick was talking about running uh, in. Um, I think it was Langley. So that's that's what it is. Langley Speedway, Virginia. That's what it is. I think that's what it is. Uh, Langley Speedway. Uh, let's see. Larry King Law's Langley Speedway. Loads up pretty slow. 
that's for sure. Uh, 2023, okay, so it's not there. Third annual, Sean, uh, no. So, damn it. I'm trying to figure out what the hell the race is that they're going to be running uh, this coming weekend, but um, whatever. Let's move on uh, to uh, what were you thankful for this year in uh, the 2022 motorsport season? So many things, so many first-time winners, especially in NASCAR. Uh, You had a lot of new champions. You had some repeat champions, people who hadn't won in a while. You had domination in certain segments uh, across all different types of motorsports. But uh, for you, Josh, what did what were you thankful for in terms of, other than winning the Indy 500, uh, to be fair, um, uh, what were you thankful for uh, in terms of motorsports this year? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, in general, uh, I mean, yeah, the sim racing, yeah, I won the Indy 500. So, yeah, definitely thankful for that. Um, the uh, other things, you know, racing wise, I, I think I'm thankful for, you know, getting getting to see. Um, you know, we'll start with the IndyCar stuff. Uh, getting to see Jimmy Johnson race on ovals this year, you know, that was some pretty memorable moments there. You know, seeing seeing him uh, run, you know, at Texas and not Iowa, you know, Indianapolis uh, 500. You know, he had that good save in qualifying, so that was you know incredible to see um, and everything. So you know. Glad to be able to um, see that. Uh, you know, uh, glad to have attended the Rolex Twenty Four uh, this year. You know, that was a good experience there. Um, you know, of course, we talked about that at the very beginning of the year. Can't believe it's already November, actually, and we're here now. There, or it's we're here in November, and honestly, it feels like only like a week or two ago that uh, I was at the Rolex Twenty Four. So, um, yeah, that was kind of interesting there. Um, and hopefully, you know, I can try to go back next year and everything. So, yeah, that um, be uh, something I'd like to do again. Uh, you know, NASCAR side uh, things. You know, we had so many, yeah, so many different winners this year. You know, thankful we got to see some guys that um, you know been on the cups, you know, cusp of winning. You know, we got to see your guy Chase Briscoe win this year. You definitely won this game because he just Debo just got a touch. Okay, good, good. Uh, so. Yeah, that um, you know, uh, Ross Chastain winning this year at you know at uh, Kentucky or not Kentucky, I'm about to say Kentucky, but he won at Talladega, won at Coda. Yeah, that was a pretty good finish. Uh, so you know, thankful for that. Of course, thankful for the Hail Melons uh moment this year. That was probably the moment of the year in racing. Really, I mean, every everybody everybody was praising that one. You know, no matter who you were, and got the most attention. Uh, you know, so very thankful for that uh that we got to witness that and that that happened uh yeah thankful for um i'm trying to think what else you know in in in, you know xfinity series you know there's a lot of good racing action there uh junior motorsports had a good good season even though they didn't win the championship so you know thankful dale jr's team got to do that uh and you know speaking of dale jr thankful that he was able to do stuff in uh lay models this year and and that he was also able to run a race you know once again in uh uh martinsville one of the quotes of the year as well you know uh damn josh josh hit the right front of me bob did you see it so you know um wanted to you know wanted to be able to see him do that so you know what was that josh hit me in the right front yeah yeah it's like josh hit me in the right front there bob didn't you see it that's what he said right front right there bob boy you didn't see that 
Yeah, that was Dale Jr.'s quote to Bob Pockris and everything. That was that was uh, one of the quotes of the year in NASCAR. So, yeah, glad he ran Martinsville in the Xfinity car. I glad he was ran, holding a beer and yeah. talking to a, two other people. Yeah, there. exactly. And glad he's able to run North Wilkesboro and, um, you know, ran the South Finish Carolina third. 400. Yep, so finished, yeah, good finishes there. And, you know, also, I mean, thankful for the fact that he basically um, – revived the North Wilkesboro Speedway because you know if it wasn't for his interest in i racing you know, I don't think any of this would have happened um cuz you know he ran uh everybody from i racing down there and scanned the track they cleaned it up kind of you know got it into a, a nice state at least where it wasn't you know all uh you know uh overgrown and everything so uh you know thankful he was able to do that uh you know and so thankful- when you're one of your close friends is Marcus Smith yeah, exactly. And then he was able to convince Marcus Smith uh, to be able to do that. And then, I mean, honestly, I also have to thank the, uh, or at least they have to thank the uh, government of South or North Carolina uh, for, you know, putting away money for the state to be able to invest in racing. Uh, so, um, you know, that's what, how they're kind of able to fund well, that bill. That recovery program yeah. than the bill that the Dems passed on President Biden. So don't, yeah, don't yeah, tell that to certain people, but that's what well, it was. Yeah, I, whatever. I mean, that's one part of the deal, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, thankful f- for all that. And then we got to see North Wilkesboro. Now we get to see North Wilkesboro on the schedule next year as the all-star race. We'll see how, if it actually is good with the uh, gen, gen seven car, next gen car. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, a lot of things to be thankful for. I mean, even formula one thankful, uh, you know, that we had an interesting I mean, it wasn't that interesting, but, you know, at least, um, you know, we got to see what the new car would look like. And, I mean, I guess you, from a technical perspective, you can be thankful for that. So uh, we'll see how it works out next year uh, and everything. So, yeah, there's definitely, you know, a lot of things to be thankful racing-wise. Uh, and, I mean, well, I'm, I'll even expand it to sports-wise, you know, the the Jags and everything, you know, even though they're not winning or having a winning record right now, you know, at least thankful that it's not a total disaster like last year. Um, you know, at least, at least this year, you know, they've been competitive in every game. Uh, so, you know, thankful that we got to see that, um, you know, and, um, you know, thankful that I got to watch the Jaguars in person win for my birthday a couple weeks ago. So, you know, I was thankful for that. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, just a lot of things that, you know, we could be thankful for this year, uh, you know, that happened. And, you know, of course, thankful uh, as always, you know, for family and friends and everything like that. So, uh, and, you know, being able being able to do this. So, you know, also, you know, thankful for that. So, yeah, I mean, it's been an you know, interesting year and, you know, we still got a couple more weeks left here in the year. So, you know, getting ready to close out the year and everything. But, you know, um, you know, hope, hopefully we do push forward and close out the year solid. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you brought up a few of the points that I was thankful for, for sure. I mean, I think, honest to God, the the moment and the the moment of the year that made me uh, the happiest was uh, Chase Briscoe's victory um, at Phoenix. It basically made an episode because of the text chain between you, me, and Joe Passero. Um, because I was loaded and I couldn't, I didn't know what I was, I could do with myself. Cause I haven't seen my favorite, like the difference is like, I became a Brad Keselowski fan secondarily. Cause I usually had like a second drive. I started having a second driver cause I kind of knew 
It's how I became a Tony Stewart fan, to be fair, to be completely honest, um, because Ernie was on the end of his career, Ernie Irvin. I started to look because I knew Tony wasn't going to be there forever. I'm like, I need somebody I like, and I know that has a chance. I took on Brad, but I never had that kind of you know connection to him. But with Chase Briscoe, I had that connection to him, which made it mean so much more. Every win means so much more. I feel like he's a guy that I want to follow for many, many years. I don't know what's going to happen with that team. I don't know what's going to happen with him, but he is just a genuine dude. And so I was getting, I was getting nervous. I was getting loaded. I didn't know what to do. I was, I was celebrating for like two weeks after that. I didn't care what the hell I was on. I was on cloud nine. It didn't matter. That's how great it felt. You know, it was the same way as when I freaked out when Tony won his last race. It it was that same feeling, um, you know, and that was awesome. Seeing a lot of the things that, uh, you know, in NASCAR with this next-gen car, there's definitely things that they have to fix. Um, and it seems like SOD is aware of that and is open to that, especially with the stuff that uh, Chad Knauss is doing with the Garage 56 uh, project that will be out there next year, but was debuted and was talked about this year. So this car, essentially, a for more, the vast majority of what the Cup car is, is going to be racing at Le Mans um, next year, uh, the way that Cup cars ran at Le Mans many decades ago. So it's an ode to the past. Um, bringing it to the future, so it's interesting, and there might, and there's definitely going to be two interesting drivers uh, driving that particular vehicle next year, um, along with Mike Rockenfeller. But um, yeah, I mean Jimmy Johnson being able to run ovals the way you ran at Iowa was definitely one of the coolest things uh, this year. Um, the fact that he is continuing at in mid in his mid forties to be so competitive and so good at his craft. Now he's an owner. Like you brought up, you know, the ownership and stuff with Dale Jr. probably buying a whole entire series with with Kelly. Um now Jimmy is gonna be an owner in the sport. Essentially Richard Petty is like, I'm not gonna be around forever, so I'm giving my part to him. And that's literally what it is. He's passing the torch on to Jimmy one seven time to another seven time because Dale Jr. wasn't given that same opportunity with June with uh, DEI, um, which is what it was supposed to be, which the family was supposed to take that deal over um, instead of it just being a freaking museum. Um, it's crazy how things go with that. And I mean, in, in terms of uh, other series, I mean, I'm a Pato award guy and he won races and there's going to be changes at McLaren. Taylor Kyle has moved over to Ganassi to be with his uh, father-in-law, Mike Hull. Um, but the fact is um, McLaren has set people in place. They got some good people there. He's one of the best drivers in the sport. IndyCar needs to go to Mexico uh, just because of him, period. Um, they need to be going to Australia uh, because of Will Power and New Zealand, because of Scott Dixon. That would be the way to start the season. Get away from you're like, oh, you're battling a football. Doesn't really matter. Run the race on a on a Saturday uh, 
afternoon, it would be whatever, however the hell you have to do it, arrange the time so that you could run um, in New Zealand and run in Australia back-to-back to start the season, then run like in Brazil, and then you'd have three races, you'd have a break, like lead, like be in, in, I would assume, in like February. I feel like February would be the place around when the Super Bowl would be going on run on a Saturdays, like run three, two Saturdays in Australia and then in New Zealand and then have a week, go to Brazil to and Mexico and then go and have a couple of weeks and go to St. Petersburg. Honestly, that would be a way to net all the, all the hit the, the places that you have all these great drivers from and get those fan bases into IndyCar. Because IndyCar is just dying. They have so many corny, you know, things. They have so many stupid things going on. But they're not. They have an old car. They have old technology. They need to go and bring fans in. And we're two fans. We are. We've been into this for a while. Like me, I've been into into this for 30 30 plus years. So you're not going to find people like the point is they're not trying to find people like me. And I get it it's the same way NASCAR and BZF. If you try to listen to that interview yet on the DJD, that's one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. The guy is a freaking drug addict and a moron. And he's typical of that, that next generation, third generation person. They go and get the, they're the trust fund baby that went and got the keys to the Ferrari and crashed it right into the pole. That's literally what BZF is. And he looks like somebody that's done that. And I'm pretty sure he has. Um, but yeah, Paddle Award, you have Alex Pillow, Colton Herta, who for all intents and purposes isn't going to Formula One, which is a big win for IndyCar. They need to promote those guys. They need to be promoting some of these other younger guys that they're bringing into the sport. They need to make it so that younger drivers can get in without having to sacrifice organs. You know, the IndyCar series is the most competitive series in America. The qualifying proves it. The racing proves it. They don't need artificial bullshit. Will Power has only, he only just won his second championship. The guy has won more polls than any driver in the history of IndyCar racing. The guy's won... 40 he's one he's in the top five of wins he's been at this since 2006 that tells you how hard it is and so and he's driven for penske for the vast majority of his career so um i'm looking to see i'm look i love indycar i'm just glad we have indycar and how competitive it is and i'm looking forward to next year um there's other series and other things i'm looking forward to hopefully uh, there's some more yards for Josh because you know now Debo's running and he just got a touchdown I think yeah oh yeah he got another touchdown yeah there it is is there a flag yeah okay no okay they're just they're not even they're they're just olaying Debo Samuel that's literally what they're doing they're not even trying it's almost I like there's a replay oh that's a replay okay oh oh that was a replay that's true I'm all right that's like uh, they're olaying him. Like they don't even want to tackle him. It's like a business decision. Oh, so five wide, and he's not getting rid of the ball. He's waited forever. Uh, yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, like I'm, I'm just, in, I'm just glad you know motorsports is here. All these different series. I mean, social media aside, especially with the way Formula One is social media wise, and also NASCAR with certain fan bases, it's so bad. Um, 
I love racing. I'm glad racing exists. It's the reason why the show exists um, because it's been a part of my life. And I'm glad to be able to talk about it because I love it and I have a lot of knowledge and history, um, you know, with it. And it, and I'm going to continue to do this. We're going to continue to do this. I don't care, you know, people want to go on, say stuff, whatever. I don't give a fuck. We're going to have the show. And I'm glad, Josh, that you we become friends through whatever pages on Facebook for NASCAR. We're able to go and balance off each other and bounce ideas off each other. We've been able to go and um, make this thing work. Somebody's dead. Uh, Debo is getting his hamstring worked on. Lovely. That's quite a visual. Um, but then, um, you know, the I think, I mean, yeah, with, with Briscoe winning, I think in IMSA, I'm very, I'm thankful for the fact that IMSA is growing and building. And now, essentially, I was very young when the GTP era ended, uh, right at the end. I got in in 93, and that was when Toyota, the All-American Racers, and they were winning every race. Now, starting next year, you're going to have Porsche, you're going to have Acura, you're going to have Cadillac, you're going to have BMW, all in the GTP category, and there's further manufacturers coming in. You're going to have Lamborghini also coming in, um, racing, and then you have the hypercars that could come over and race here in the Rolex, which means there's a possibility that Toyota, there's a possibility that Alpine in a couple of years' time, there's a possibility that, um, what is it, Peugeot, um, could come over and, and Glickenhaus. So there's a convergence technology. There's also convergence on GT3 platform. So that means GT is in a convergence. So that means you could have racing where the cars you see here in America racing in the Rolex 24 and the 12 hours of Sebring, 10 out, the, the, the six hours at the Glen, eventually the eight hours at Indy, because that's going to happen. That, they'll be racing at the 24 hours of Le Mans. They'll be racing in the WEC. That's huge. Um, that's really awesome to see. And um, trying to think NHRA, I mean, uh, they still, they've got, I mean, for the way funding is, things are going, there's a lot of changes coming along. It seems like there's a lot of good energy going on in the NHRA. I mean, Ron Caps is one of my favorite drivers ever. Uh, he's a legend and um, he won two consecutive championships, two different manufacturers for two different teams. He worked for Don Schumacher last year in the Dodge, one last year, and now this year he drove for himself and he drove in the Toyota. Um, his boy, uh, his B, one of his BFFs, Antron Brown from Jersey, he went out on his own with a top fuel car and competed this year and uh, had a solid season. Um, Tony Stewart went out and drove a top alcohol dragster almost won in his debut um his wife leah ended up running this or was running this year for him matt hagan had a chance at the championship uh he has connections to mopar again um there there are there's a lot of potential there in the nhra side uh for sure i don't think tony has the kind of money as uh bruton smith has but the i kind of have a feeling the way that tony's going and the way Tony feels about things in NASCAR, that he might be in play uh, NHRA-wise. 
uh, if things kind of go the way they go. Uh, I'm also thankful to Junior uh, for keeping me in, in, you know, energetic about this sport and the NBC crew because they have their chemistry is built. They're building it up. And I, I mean, I think there's too many people, honestly. I think they could condense it. I mean, I don't like Rick Allen, but the junior, um, Latart, and even Burton, even though Burton's kind of like a throwaway to me, um, I think junior and Latart and uh, Dale Jarrett, and I think would be really, really good. Honestly, if they would go and get Allen Bestwick and they'd have junior and Dale, Dale Jarrett, they would have the best announced team since Bob, Benny, and Ned, um, but they're not going to do that. Uh, which is a shame, but junior is one of the only reasons why I still care about this sport uh, in NASCAR. Cause it's become so kooky and there's so many corny things. It's more like wrestling. So um, I've become a fan of Dale. I would have never thought in his heyday that I would ever become a fan of Dale jr. But I'm a fan of Dale jr. Cause he's just like us. And he's, he's just a good, he's just a cool dude. And, and he just happens to have pretty good talent beyond the wheel. And he's a funny, and he get, and it's hilarious. His voice, his his voice goes up and down like Tim Kirkjian, so it's kind of hilarious with the southern drawl on top of it. So, yeah. so, and I like going and impersonating Dale Jr. So maybe if somebody would catch it, and I might be able to get on, we might be able to get on the DJD hopefully one day. But um, yeah, I mean, Formula One, Formula e, in terms of the world racing, wasn't as compelling this year. Uh, hoping for better things, but you know, there's it's tough when you have that kind of buddy going on there. I think in 23 with the WEC, there will be a little bit more interest. I mean, Ben Keating is going to be driving a Corvette in the uh, GT AM category, so that'll be interesting. Former, he's driven uh, it's blocked out, but I'm pointing at the Dodge Viper over there. That was his Dodge Viper over there. Um, so he he's uh and he's that's probably gonna be his last year racing too. So it's a big deal for a great businessman who's loves sports car racing. Trying to find people like that that could go and support these kind of efforts. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just I mean, I'm just thankful we have this. You know, the way this world is and the way so many people are and there's so much negativity and hate. And I mean, we do go in and I do definitely give my my thoughts on certain people and certain things and it's mainly because they are assholes or they are douchebags or they are not great people i wouldn't say it if i didn't think it in that sense um you know racing is a family sport racing is something that brings people they're supposed to bring people together not put people apart unless there's like divergent fan bases which you know that's the same with sports in general but it's kind of how we've gotten things going here on the GSP. So yeah, let's go and wrap this deal up, Josh. Um, let us know what you're going to be doing here during this Thanksgiving weekend on the sim side of things. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, actually, I want to just circle back real quick to you know things that we're thankful for here. And you know, I'm yeah. actually thankful for you know getting a chance to hang out with Joe back in October and uh, at Disney Springs. You know, that was a good good thing there that you know we're able to link up and watch Talladega uh together and uh you know you know link up and talk about racing and all that so thankful for that because um you know it's always good up good to meet up with your friends and uh 
you know, do, do things that you enjoy together. And, you know, obviously we all enjoy racing and being able to talk and everything like that. So yeah, thankful for that. Absolutely. Um, for sure. Uh, yeah. I'll start off the sim segment, of course. Uh, yeah. I'm all, yeah. yeah no, now you, you got yeah, because with Joe and for having, um, uh, Joey Barnes having Ralph Shaheen, who's one of my heroes having some of the people we've had this year. I mean, Joe is, you know, he's, he's a passionate dude and he's a young dude and he's trying to follow his dream and God bless him. We're going to support him on that. Um, because he has so much talent, so much potential and he cares and he has that history and he cares about the past and he also cares about the present, you know, and he's a Jersey guy. Um, he's a friend of mine and just like for Josh. And I mean, one day we're going to hang out too. Uh, we all would hang out. I think that would be the ultimate. We could go and do a live deal somewhere, but we're working on that. But it's definitely, you know, to have some of the guests we've had this year still have some opportunities for some more guests. Um, it could be, oh, man, that is a big run. Oh, so they, they put Elijah Mitchell in now to go and bury him. That's nice. Um Yeah. Yeah, and actually, I want to add on to that. You know, I mean, we you brought up some of our guests. I mean, hey, how about Phil Spain? I mean, um, yeah, Phil. You know, obviously, uh, you know, thankful we got to see him on a couple, you know, times during our duration of our podcast. You know, this and last year, but uh, you know, uh, I mean, we can be thankful for the things our friends experience as well. And I mean, I mean, you know, you, you won ten k from yeah. uh, Bubba Wallace winning the cash app. Uh, at uh, you know, from the cash up thing with Bubba Wallace in October, Money Lion. So I mean, we can be thankful for things our friends ex- or you know people we know uh, experience. So um, you know that's that's something to be thankful for too. But um, and, and, you know, and I mean Sarah I was rooting for Bubba so that would happen. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> him and Sarah are basically the unofficial um, heads of the uh, Daryl Wallace Junior Fan Club too. To be yeah, fair, yeah. 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 Let's get into the sim segment. Now. Yeah, I know we kind of had a breakaway, but yeah, the sim stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, last week I did Road America and the BMW GT4, um, and ran pretty well in that. Actually, ran top five. Um, you know, just uh, kind of started in the towards the middle back section of the field, and um, you know, just kind of solidly, just kind of methodically worked my way through the field. You know, some people overdrive the you know uh, corners. Um, you know, turn turn five at Road America. Um, you know, the big breaking zone, uh, left hander. Um, you know, some people miss the corner there. Other people miss the corner at the kink. Other places like that, kettle bottoms. So uh, turn one. So you know, people take themselves out. So you pick up positions that way. So yeah, that was good running there. And then also ran it also in the uh, uh, actually last night on Sunday night on uh, the Honda Civic. Uh, I was I was thinking it was going to be the BMW GT4, and then it was actually the Honda Civic. I wasn't looking at the label, but still, you know, was able to run pretty well there. I think ran sixth, so that was a good, good stuff there. Running at Road America, some of the lower level divisions, but you know, it's pretty fun to run uh, on, you know, on iRacing on that on that level. Uh, ran Nashville Super Speedway IndyCar Fixed Series. Uh, I actually finished a lap down, but uh, I had started in. 18th and finished in 10th so uh, i was able to pick up spots that way i uh, kind of struggled with the handling at the beginning of the race uh, i was pretty tight and hadn't really figured out the line clean air was kind of affecting me but then you know after the second pit stop or the first pit stop and the only pit stop that i had kind of started to figure out 
you know, the racing line around the track and, uh, cause I didn't really practice or anything. Uh, but, um, yeah, that was uh, definitely a good, uh, good recovery there. Still finished, pick up a top 10 and everything. So didn't, you know, quit or anything like that, but, um, you know, ran, ran some pretty, pretty fast lap times, uh, towards, you know, towards the end of the race, uh, comparative to the field. Uh, so, you know, that was good, good stuff there. Um, yeah, trying to see all the other results that I had in I racing, uh, you know, the past couple of weeks, I think, I think that was what I did last week. And then, um, you know, had, had some free time, of course, uh, the previous week and, um, you know, with the hurricane and everything happening in, uh, in Florida. Uh, so, you know, had, had all that experience. Um, I might run a little bit this week. I don't know yet. Uh, cause I'll be, I'll be visiting family for Thanksgiving, visiting my parents and everything. So I might not have my PC, but, um, I don't know. I might take my PlayStation with me and then I can, um, uh, run formula one or something like that. F one twenty two uh, and, uh, at home like that. So I, I might do that. Uh, so I have something, uh, probably won't take my PC home with me, but, um, yeah, I might, I'm trying to see here in the lineup for this week at formula one or for, um, I racing, well, IndyCar is running, uh, the fixed series running at Indianapolis. So that might be something to do if I have time. Don't know yet. Uh, we'll see, uh, other series, NASCAR, what are they running this week? Uh, the 87s running at Martinsville. That might be interesting. Uh, IndyCar or not IndyCar, but NASCAR Xfinity running at iRacing Super Speedway. That could be wild. Uh, trucks running at, uh, Fontana, uh, Cup running at chicagoland uh might be interesting as well uh you know getting into the uh um, what do you call uh thursday night blunder yeah i I gotta get into that too or something like that uh yeah i I heard the uh the moon car uh i guess moonhead the guy on iRacing or twitter he's big uh iRacing guy uh you know uh dale jr was on his series and flew through the air to win i think at talladega but um i think he he had a 24 hour race or something at Martinsville in the Miatas, which I did not, I was not in that, but, uh, I, I guess, you know, that's an interesting event where you run only, you know, basically everybody's in the same car and it's a 24 hour race. So, uh, I mean, you're with a team, obviously no one's going to do it solo, but that's always interesting to watch. Uh, open wheels 500 was this past weekend as well. Uh, I think the 2020 winner, Hugh Olson won that one. Uh, I wasn't able to catch much of it, but I did see the stuff on Discord and I was looking through some of the photos and stuff. So it looked like it was a pretty good race. So uh, yeah, I guess uh, the milk bottle, I guess that they make for that, I don't, I don't know who's responsible for it anymore, but I guess stays in the same, uh, you know, same person for at least another year. So pretty interesting there. Uh, other stuff on iRacing, uh, Indy Pro 2000 at uh, Daytona Road Course might be interesting. Uh, GT, trying to look here, the GT4 racing series that I was, uh, talking about earlier, uh, racing, uh, can't pronounce the name of this track, Rud, Rudskogen Motor Center, I think that's in, like, uh, Germany or, or Norway, it's the Norway track that iRacing released recently, so that might be interesting. I've never even heard of that track. Yeah, it's an interesting series, uh, racetrack as well, uh. IndyCar, or no, not IndyCar, but the Production Lab, Sim Lab uh, Challenge, uh, racing at Watkins Lens, that series, uh, half hour time series, uh, where you're racing in the MX5, the Ford Mustang, uh, Pontiac Solstice, 
or the Volkswagen Jetta. Uh, that's racing at uh, Watkins Glen. Other series, you got Global MX-5 Cup at Okayama Circuit. Always a good road course race there. Uh, Advanced MX-5 Cup, uh, I think also racing there at the same place. Um, yeah, the uh, Grand Prix Tour also racing again at Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the road course. Uh, so yeah, that might be interesting to do. Um, so there's always a, a lot of, you know, there's always a lot of stuff to pick on iRacing. You pick and choose from, pick your niche, or if you want to jump around and race in different classes and be good all around, or just get the experience of, you know, racing in different cars is always the, uh, choice, uh, to be able to run there. So yeah, I mean, of course as well, thankful for iRacing and the ability to go and sim race and everything like that as always. Uh, and they are, they are running a uh, Black Friday deal. Uh, for their one and two year subscriptions, uh, so you know it's a it's always a good deal that they have every year. I think it's like fifty percent off or something like that for one year and two year uh, subscription. So I might actually go and do that, so I don't have to worry about paying for it every three months and uh, everything. And I can just pay it all in advance and have it for one or two years. So I might do that. So, um, but yeah, that's always a good deal, especially if you're someone new you can just you know pay uh, for that experience. And then uh, of course you know have the uh, controls wheel or whatever you have and uh, your pc and uh, monitors and all that stuff so you know there's a lot of involvement in getting you know a rig up and running but you know if you're able to do it you know it's a definitely a rewarding experience if you're able to do it so um yeah i mean that's all all i got this week for sim racing segment um yeah it's uh you know of course been an interesting year and everything and um you know as always you can follow me on twitter at jp Hellfine as we close here uh and follow the Twitch streams uh, at Sailor 2 Go on there and watch uh, all my stuff uh, when I, I stream. Uh, I think the last stream I had was Talladega when I won on uh, the 87 car last week. So, um, yeah, I don't don't always stream, but, you know, when I do, I try to, uh, you know, make it in or at least, um, you know, make it good, I guess. And, yeah, I was able to do that. So uh, go on there and see that. Um, you can find our YouTube stream of this show on YouTube uh, slash uh, group strip podcast go on there subscribe to our page like our content and uh, watch our videos or listen to them with the video in the background or however you want to do it so uh, yeah go on there and subscribe and uh, interact and comment and help grow the channel grow our content so uh, yeah that's all i got for tonight uh, let you uh, bring out the rest of the clothes you can follow us at scripture pod on twitter you can follow me at philip g matthew on twitter and um you can see the show also posted on philipgmatthew.com. Um, basically, you can find the Gripshire Podcast anywhere you get podcasts. Um, thanks to you, Josh, as always. I mean, you know, we're bros and glad that we're able to do the show together and, you know, BS and talk about football, talk about racing, talk about whatever, and just be able to hang out uh, once a week and kind of bench race in a way. And then uh, in a more freeform manner, uh, away from a lot of the argy-bargy that seems to go on in our society, um, as um, as uh, Calvin Fish would say. Um, I would, I, I need a pit. I don't understand why I can't. I thought I was an admin on this page. I should be able to pin posts. Um on our, I, our I'll, GSP I'll give you page. that power. I'll give you that power. I might not so, have that set up. That's that's my uh, bad there. That's all good. Um, I thought I had it, but uh, yeah. So we're on episode one forty five this 
week and um yeah we will be back next week for episode 146 uh will be more football centric uh to open the episode we'll uh try to figure out the race that uh josh berry is in and try to follow what happens there um extreme world touring cars and supercars uh finale uh in adelaide uh, the last race ever for holden in the uh, Supercars Championship because Holden doesn't exist anymore. So um, we'll get into all that. We'll uh, talk about oh, how our Thanksgivings went, um, how much we ate, and uh, whatever else that comes up here during this holiday weekend. So for that, if you're listening in the United States, Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Uh, to Josh and to his family, of course, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And um, thank you for listening to the Grip Strip Podcast. We'll be back. We're going to continue doing this at least for the next few weeks, probably uh, until around Christmas time, going over, probably doing some season recaps uh, after this week. I think after next week, I'm, we're going to probably do some season recaps shows to um, start um, leading into next race season will take a series of a week from there so um with that i'm phil for josh i'm phil thank you for listening to gripshire podcast take care god bless and goodbye